Hello and welcome to episode number two of the Kings and Brothers podcast. I hope you enjoyed episode number one. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, please go back and do so. It is available on iTunes and going forward, all episodes should be available on Mondays on iTunes and Spotify. Also, if you haven't joined the Facebook group yet, please do so as well. You can search Kings and Brothers on Facebook groups and you should find it. Of course, feel free to reach out to me on social media if you have any questions about finding that. Also, on Instagram, you can follow me on Kings and Brothers as well. So let's go ahead and jump into episode number two. And in the first episode, at the very end, I previewed that we were going to be spending a little bit of time the next few episodes on the work of John Eldridge, who I consider to be one of the best voices and best authors speaking on masculinity. He has several books, but my favorite book by far of his and kind of uh, what sets the stage for a lot of his other books around masculinity is called Wild at Heart. And in the next three episodes, we're going to be talking about the outline of that book, which really points out three core things that a man needs in his life to be successful. And those things are a battle to fight, an adventure to have, and a beauty to rescue. So today we're just going to talk about the first aspect of those, which is a battle to fight. Now, hopefully this isn't um, unknown to everybody listening, but there are many differences between men and women. And one of the most notable ones of those is our physical size and strength. While in modern times, many of our wars can be done via machine and computers, via drone, you know, whatever uh, technical armaments that we have now that are at our disposal. But to wage a war in olden days, you needed manpower, the original kind. You actually had to go physically to war. And men were built to wage war, uh, to protect, to defend their family, their tribe, and even their nation. It's simply built into our DNA. But what happens when you live in a mostly peaceful society where most men will never have to take up arms and go to battle? Especially if you live in a place like the United States, there's not an automatic service requirement. There's not a draft. So many men are never going to have to do that. And what happens when boys are told that fighting is bad, even playing with toy guns is wrong, and aggression of any sort is tamed or medicated out of a boy? Let's look at some of the things that can happen in those instances. Number one, there's a lack of purpose and loneliness. Now, you can see this anecdotally in your own life or or even through research. Maybe you've experienced this in your own life, but many people seem to be on a constant search for their life purpose. It seems like they're on a never-ending quest. They're always moving on from one thing to another. You know, one day their purpose is this, the next year their purpose is that, and that just goes on and on for year after year. Perhaps you're somebody who has dealt with loneliness as well. You know, our society is increasingly online. The promise of social media falls falls short, though, of true connectedness. The truth is that we often feel more connected to celebrities or athletes that we follow online instead of true, real, authentic relationships that we have face-to-face with people that we know, that we engage in with their life, that we have close, deep relationships with. A recent Gallup poll stated that 24% of people ages 15 and up feel lonely. Isn't that interesting, given our access to be connected 
Could part of this be blowing a stem from a disconnected from your purpose? I believe it that it does. But the number two reason is thinking that your God-given desires are bad. Now we're speaking here particularly, of course, to men, but just want to reiterate that. Now we talked about in episode one, but men are increasingly told that masculinity is bad or toxic. What do you think happens to a boy or a man as he grows older who is told that his aggression, his combativeness, his disagreeableness, and his physicality are bad instead, and instead he should become more like a girl in how he expresses himself? The mental toll that would take is undoubtedly very heavy. And yet many men are told that from growing up. We are told or shown we should act more like girls. We become more socialized like girls. They don't, we don't fight. We don't take risks. We're told to sit and be quiet in school. And instead of positively reinforcing and redirecting aggression, combativeness, disagreeableness, and physicality, it's instead attempted to be stamped out of a boy. That being the case, biology is a powerful, powerful, powerful thing. You cannot remove this from a man no matter how much you try. So instead, all those things are suppressed and built up to most likely be negatively expressed somewhere in the future. The number three reason is becoming over-medicated and numbed out. What do you do when a big boy becomes too, quote, wild? You put him on medication, of course. ADD and ADHD, which I don't claim to be an expert in, but it seems just seen on social media, seen in the news, seen online, it seems to have exploded in the last few years. It seems like so many kids are on medication for this. Now, there's many theories as to why that it may be more have exploded in the past few years. But one thing that doesn't seem to help is how modern day schooling is done. Most boys are taught by female teachers, and most classes are set up in a more lecture format. Now, this is an acceptable style of learning for most young girls, but it isn't ideal for how most boys learn. Most boys prefer and excel in a more tactile and experiential way of learning that is more advantageous to them. But that, if you've been to any public school or if you've been in schooling yourself, even a lot of private schools are set up that way. Therefore, boys are set up to fail at an early age. According to the National Student Clearinghouse Research Center, women now comprise 60% of college enrollment, flipping the number from around 50 years ago. Should that be a surprise given the current learning environment? Now let's look at it from an adult perspective. If you feel like you don't have a purpose and you aren't needed, if your role if as a man isn't really distinct from women, if we're really all just the same and are interchangeable, and if you feel your desire and even makeup as a man is bad, and if you haven't gotten the education you needed or wanted and your life hasn't really turned out how you envisioned it, is it any wonder that men numb themselves, either with alcohol, drugs, food, porn, even the overconsumption of sporting events or movies over the weekend just to pass the time until you return to the job that you hate? And then lastly, picking the wrong battles to fight. Now this is kind of a combination of the above points, but when you're lonely and lack purpose, and if you think you're bad just by being a man, something's wrong with you, and if you're numbing yourself out, then inevitably you'll lash out eventually. This could be at your loved ones, your employer, 
the government, or a number of other people or entities you feel betrayed by. But like I said, biology is undefeated, and the desire to do battle in some form is still within you, but you've just repressed it. And over time, you will become so lost on what your purpose and mission is as a man, you won't know who the right enemy to do battle with is. And that's what we're going to talk about for the rest of this episode. As John Etheridge claims, and as I agree with, men desperately desire a battle to fight and a purpose to live for. Men are most fulfilled when they have a sense of purpose. Think about the stories or the myths that most of us are familiar with. The hero has to go on a quest, he has to fight a battle, and this is what makes him who he ultimately becomes. The hero will use his experience to help mentor younger men when he becomes... And then after that, he becomes, he turns into a more mentor role. And I've referenced this book in the last episode, but King, Warrior, Magician, Lover. The king eventually becomes the magician who is the, in the mentor role. If you think of the story of King Arthur, he has um, Merlin is the wizard who's kind of his mentor. That's the progression from king to magician. But without the battle to fight, what does a man have to pass on to other men for future generations? If you don't have, if you don't gain experience in fighting battles, again, battles aren't always a physical war. We're <clears throat> using that as um, an analogy. <clears throat> but if you don't go out and fight battles and learn from that experience, then what do you have to pass on to future generations? How can you step into the mentor role if you haven't fought any battles in your life? This progression is essential to a man and essential to society. The adventure and risk taken on, a, on by a battle grants men the unique skills and experience he would otherwise not have. Also through a battle, men gain the skills of resilience and growth inherently given through any struggle. Facing and overcoming obstacles gives you a kind of hard-won self-confidence that's impossible to gain any other way. And Another important part of this and why Kings and Brothers is so important is if you fight alongside other men, it will give you a community and brotherhood that is so tight-knit, it will carry with you the rest of your life. Striving with other men through a shared cause is a unique experience. It becomes a bonded brotherhood. You'll see this in military a lot. People who fight together on the battlefield are usually bonded for life. So what battle should we fight? <clears throat> well, of course, there's a lot of options there. You could join the military, but it doesn't have to be a military battle to fulfill this desire. There are many righteous causes to fight for. I mean, just look around, right? Look around the world, how the state of the world. There's a lot of righteous causes. So you need to ask, what are you drawn to in particular? Is it an injustice that you see? Is it a particular change you desire in the world? Usually it's something that has touched your life in some way. For example, this podcast, this group, is a battlefield for me. I have always been interested in personal development and in more recent years the ideas surrounding masculinity and its application and need in the world. It's something that touches my heart deeply, and I can see how the lack of masculinity is a negative impact in the world we live in. But how about you? What is that for you? Let's next consider what makes a good battle. I think there's several things that are worth considering. 
One, it's something you're passionate about. Next, an area there's a real need. And lastly, something that impacts a good amount of people. If you can satisfy those three criteria, then you can create a movement behind you. It doesn't have to be large to be a movement. You know, don't get caught up in the numbers of people affected. Even a small issue can become very important and inf- impactful. So let's dig into those a little bit more deeply. Something you're passionate about. Let's go to the extreme. Would you die for something you don't believe in? I certainly wouldn't. Think of the 12 apostles in the Bible. Most of them died horrific deaths because they believed Jesus had risen from the dead and was the Son of God. Regardless of how you feel about that, their loyalty and passion for Jesus was unmatched. People don't go to battle for something they aren't passionate about and willing to die for. Nobody wants to throw away the one life that they have. So ask yourself, and maybe even write down, what will you go to war for? What stirs up emotions inside of you when you think about it? Use that as a sign and trigger that it's something to explore. It has to be something where obstacles won't deter you or throw you off your path. People often ask themselves, what is my purpose? What they're really saying is, what am I passionate about that I can devote my life to? Another way to put it is, what am I willing to go to battle over? I think we all are drawn to certain things and have certain skills that God gives us, but it's up to us to uncover them and grow them. There's a lot of fear surrounding this idea. We want somebody else to validate our calling and point out our own path for us, but this isn't the way it works. Yes, people can speak into your life, call you up to something bigger. One of the reasons I want to do this podcast is hopefully call you up to something bigger and larger, but ultimately it's up to you. Nobody else can fight for you. Nobody else can pursue your passion. You have to believe in it enough to fight. A lack of a battle, a lack of purpose will slowly kill you. So the second area is somewhere where there is a real need. As a man, you want to be useful. It is very important to you, to your mental well-being, that you are useful in the circles you find yourself in. If you feel useless in your life, it can be disastrous to your mental health. Men who don't feel like they are needed lose their purpose and wonder why I even exist. It's a dangerous position to be in. But luckily, we live in a world that has a lot of need for good men. But when choosing a battle, you should pick one where there is a real measurable need. Maybe that's in the religious space. Maybe that's in a family. Maybe that's for health. Maybe it's in politics. The needs are endless, but you want it to be something where you can make a true impact. So look around your family, your friend group, your work, church, or the city that you're a part of. What is missing? One thing that I did recently was start an annual men's day at the church I attend. When we began attending there for several years, I noticed there was a women's day each year. It was an impressive event, well-organized and well-attended. I thought to myself, why isn't there a men's day? It's interesting because it was an idea I had thought of when I lived back in Indiana. Well, this year I approached the elders with my vision for what it could look like and the impact I thought it could have. Thankfully, they approved it and I began work to organize it. In October of this year, we held our first annual men's day, which was well attended and we received a lot of good feedback on. 
and we've already begun planning for 2024. You can do exactly the same thing. Become curious and observant to what is missing in the circles you run in. That will be a good clue for where you can step in and make a difference. And lastly for this point, choosing something that impacts a decent amount of people. While this is sort of similar to the area where there's a real need, it's also a little bit different. Our time is very valuable and we need to allocate it wisely. We often don't think about it this way, but our time is a valuable and limited resource and so we need to be careful how you spend it. When you're picking your battle, you want to make sure it impacts enough people to make it worth your time. Going back to starting the example of starting in men's day, I knew it had the chance to impact all the men of our congregation. However, I didn't know how it would be received, so we used the first tier as a test of sorts that we would evaluate if we either needed to change it significantly in order to continue or if we weren't going to do it in the future. Thankfully, it was well-received, and we also have the opportunity to invite men from other churches to attend that will allow it to even have a bigger impact in the community. So when you're thinking about what battle to fight, keep that in mind. So before we wrap this podcast up, I want to cover two other points. First of all, who is your enemy? It's important to not only know your enemy, but choose them wisely. Obviously, nobody goes into a battle against thin air, right? There is opposition across the battlefield. So who is yours and why is it important? Your enemy can be the person, idea, or movement you oppose and thus brings out the warrior spirit within you. It draws something out of you and if not there would remain dormant. Think about this personally for a moment. If someone was trying to rob your house with your wife and children inside, how would that make you feel? I imagine that even the thought of that puts you in a heightened emotional state. Your enemy should make you have a similar reaction. You should get fired up about them when you think about it. You also need to get to know your enemy, understand what motivates them, what is their end goal, and what are the tactics that they use. What are their rules of engagement? And if you, if you don't know them intimately, how do you think you're going to fight them effectively? The famous strategist Sun Tzu said, if you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the results of a hundred battles. Why do, would you not need to know the? Why would you not need to fear? Because you know yourself, you know your strengths, your weaknesses, and you know your enemy. You know their tactics. You know what their plan is. You know how they're going to operate, and so you can plan and be strategic with your own approach. Let's uh, use this tribe that I'm trying to create as a practical example. I am creating a tribe of men who are interested in becoming better and more valuable in every aspect of their life. So who is my enemy? There could be several, but one would be the radical feminist movement, society in general, the government who seems to not support men, and weak men would be another one. What is some of their motivation? What What kind of synergy do those groups have? I think it's to make men weaker, therefore making society weaker, and ultimately being able to control and not push back on whatever agenda they want to push. Pushing fathers outside the home so there is more reliance on the government. But what are some of their tactics? They claim they're fighting for equality of the genders. 
and trying to push the concept that men have been evil and abusive in the past, the cause of all warfare and strife, and that in order to have peace and unity, women must be in charge going into the future. You've probably heard this term before, the future's female. So do you see why it's important to name your enemies and understand their motives and tactics? By doing so, you can spot them easier and you can plan your strategy on how to defeat them. You can begin to understand better how to reach other people who may feel the same way you do and how to rally them to your cause. You can better see the pain points they're dealing with and how to solve problems for them. It also helps you to not be caught by surprise when they launch an attack. So my last point, I want to end on a very important thing that I hope you'll consider this week. Are you fit for battle? Let me say that again. Are you fit for battle? How are you preparing yourself physically, mentally, and spiritually? What are your habits that you've built into your daily life that will help you survive the battlefield? A soldier who is not fit for duty is no use to anybody. And it's very important to not wait for a battle to show itself and then realize you are not prepared. We'll talk in the future about ways to get stronger physically, mentally, and spiritually, but begin thinking about this now if you know that there's holes in your game. Your enemy will always attack at your weakest point. So where are you not wearing armor? Maybe it's your spiritual life. Maybe your relationship with God is wavering. This leaves you open to temptation, to doubting your path, to not having a higher power to rely on when times are tough, when your enemy is pressing hard. But maybe your armor is weak physically. You don't have the energy to commit to the battle that you know you need to fight. Maybe you are so out of shape that is the only thing you can focus on right now because if you don't, in reality, you won't be around much longer. All of us must realize that we are mind, body, and spirit. We cannot separate one from the other. A lot of people want to do that. They think they can just be strong in one area and that's good enough. But we are all connected, mind, body, and spirit. You must be working to be better in all areas as they affect each other. You cannot simply be spiritually strong and think neglecting your physical health is okay. It's not. It's, it's not. And to be honest, you see this a lot in the churches that at least I've attended. Your lack of physical fitness will negatively impact your spiritual walk. This is something that bothers me greatly in a lot of the churches that I've attended. If you look around the auditorium, you cannot say these people really respect their bodies and honor God with their bodies as the Bible tells us to do. Or that truly believe their body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, as the Bible also tells us. Let me say this clearly. Our actions reveal what we truly believe. Our actions reveal what we truly believe. We can say anything. I can say anything. But what I truly believe is revealed by my actions. So what do you truly believe about taking care of your mind, body, and spirit? Is it important to you, or do you just hope everything will work out, and when the battle comes to your front door, you can meet it? Hope, though, is not a strategy. So next week, we will talk about the second core tenet that men need in order to be successful, which is an adventure to live. If you haven't read John Etheridge's book yet, Eldridge's book yet, sorry, I highly recommend that you buy it. It's wild at heart. 
he goes a lot more into detail into these areas that we just don't have the time to do. And he, as the author, does a better job of being comprehensive with it. But we're going to go into the next piece, Adventure to Live, which is also very important. But for now, please subscribe to the podcast. Go join our Facebook group so you can engage in the conversation. I'll be doing a live there this week talking more about this topic. And then also connect with me over on Instagram. And I'm looking forward to continuing this journey with you. Please let me know your thoughts about what we talked about today. And I hope you have a great week.